The web's Michael Smith. It's episode 83 of the Canes cast, and you know what that means? What's that? We got some big guys to talk to. Big guys like uh, Jordan Stahl? Perhaps. That's correct. He will be a guest here on episode 83. The season that he has gone through, missing the 32 games with concussions, then coming back. And he has just been outstanding for the Carolina Hurricanes. Five goals, nine assists in the 19 games since he's returned from that concussion. We'll talk to him a little bit later on here on this episode. A lot of other things that we're going to get into, like guys who could potentially be on the Carolina Hurricanes but might not. I know that that's been a big story this week. The Canes putting the break on a three-game losing streak, which is what they needed to do. And we've just got two games left in the regular season, Michael Smith. Two games until the Carolina Hurricanes finish game 82, and then we find out if we get a couple of more games of bonus hockey in the postseason. I'd like bonus hockey. I would I love that. these guys would like bonus hockey. I think the fans, above all else, would love to see some bonus hockey. And we could know as soon as Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday, April the 3rd. Yep. Uh, so the Hurricanes could clinch... Should we get into the clinching scenarios? Yeah, if you want to. Clinch with an I. We're clinching with an E. I'm not. Currently, but the Hurricanes could clinch with an I on Thursday. You're I'm not, not clinching? I'm, I'm not clinched. Why's that? I'm just relaxed. Okay. What, what will be, will be. It is what it is. It is. I, I'm, it's a very zen approach. Yeah, I, I have become zen in my old age. I'm old, and <laughs> I have now become more zen. You're like Curtis McElhaney in net. Pretty much. Very zen. It's. I, I don't want to go. It's wisdom, but it is. Uh, I. I just go with what happens because. And I'm not telling fans how to fan. I'm not doing that. You do you. You want to get worked up and do what you got to do. But it's a long season, and I found out a long time ago that I can't get whipped into the frenzy. And uh, I am. I'm very much a big believer in the the we'll see, because, you know, when the team lost eight to one to Winnipeg. Michael, people were selling. We'll use that analogy. Oh, it's a, it's a, they're done. It's this. It's that. I just said we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how they'll respond. And all year, this Carolina Hurricanes team has responded. And I think with two games left, it's funny because if you're playing a great team on the schedule, oh, schedule makers, we got to play this team. Like I'm sure people in Montreal were saying, oh. Sacre bleu, we have to play. Nashville, Winnipeg. We. Oui. Tempe. Well, there you go. <laughs> Bad cartoon accent, but I did that. Goodbye to all of our Montreal listeners, uh, if we have any. Or, au revoir. Come on. Au revoir. Let's keep it French. Or we're bonjour. We're very friendly. Bonjour, hi. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, Habs fans were doing that. Mm-hmm. And then some Canes fans, I know we're not happy with, oh, we got to play the Caps twice in Pittsburgh, and that's not fair. And then it turns into, oh, we got to play New Jersey, and those are what scare me because they don't. It's you just gotta enjoy it. Ooh, oh, nice. I, I know what you, you were zigged thinking when you zagged. I there. think you were thinking, no, I wasn't gonna go. <laughs> okay. No, I was nowhere near this that. This is a family-friendly podcast. I'm like, just forget it. I was like, forget it. But it went fine. Whatever. If you want to take it's this like CeeLo Green. If you want to take this into the gutter? You go right ahead. Well, I'm just, I'll avoid the gutter for now. Do we want to edit this, this in post or do we want to leave nope, it in? we're leaving it all, all right. in. Staying in. So, a podcast. clinching with an I. Well, you're clinching I with an I might be e. clinching with an E, but <clears throat> the Hurricanes could clinch with an I on Thursday 
And it basically boils down to this. The Hurricanes need to beat the New Jersey Devils. They can beat them in regulation. They can beat them in overtime. They can beat them in a shootout. If they beat them, two points is what you're talking about. Two points. About. If they beat them in a shootout, Montreal would need to lose to the Washington Capitals in regulation because the tiebreaker is a doozy. But if the Hurricanes beat the Devils in regulation or overtime, a loss in any fashion from Montreal, even if they get a point in overtime or a shootout, the Hurricanes will still clinch a berth in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, that's basically it. So it. It comes down to winning. A Canes win and a Montreal loss. Yep. So basically, let's shoot all the way to the end of the regular season and go to Saturday in Philly. The Hurricanes need a combination of four points between them and Montreal. Possibly three, depending. But let's just say four points, yep. 100%, absolutely, positively ends it. Correct. Three points would, if the Canes get the regulation and overtime wins advantage over Montreal. That's why Michael just said three points, and that's why this becomes so confusing because there's still so many permutations left, even with just two games to go. But the simplest, the Hurricanes win two games. If they beat New Jersey and they beat Philadelphia, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, They could could wrap up as soon as, if you're listening to this on Wednesday here as we're putting this out, tomorrow night, if you're listening to this on Thursday, tonight – and uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, yeah! Or, well, it'll come down to Saturday. Or Friday. Control your own destiny. There's yeah. a lot a lot at play. Um, but four points. Yeah, and the simplest way to look at it is if the Hurricanes win their games, it doesn't really matter what else happens. And that's been the way the Hurricanes have approached things for three months now. And it, it doesn't really change. If the Hurricanes take care of business, they're in a spot where if they take care of business, it doesn't matter what happens yep. with Columbus. doesn't happen what happens with Montreal. Nothing matters except the Hurricanes winning games. And they could potentially even, there's a very, very slim chance that if the Hurricanes do win their next two games, they'll have 99 points. The Islanders currently have 99 points. If the Islanders lose their next two games, then the Hurricanes are in second place in the division. Now, Pittsburgh uh, would also have to lose at least one game, but the Hurricanes own the tiebreaker over them as well. So it's amazing to, to to look at the standings and see how tight it is, to see that the Washington Capitals, who have 102 points, still have not yet wrapped up the Metropolitan Division. Yes. So they'll have something to play for against, against Montreal, Montreal on Thursday, which should work in the Hurricanes' favor. And that game is in Washington. Yes. Uh, and uh, the Islanders could still potentially catch Washington. Those two teams meet in the last game of the season. Uh, and the Hurricanes could potentially still catch the Islanders or Pittsburgh, or they could fall back a spot to Wild Card 2, or they could fall out of it. It's it, it's insane to think that with two games left in the regular season, the best the Hurricanes can do is second in the division, which is pretty good, considering they were uh, like four points from last place three months ago, or they could fall just outside of the playoffs. That That's how much – that's how thin – the margin for error is down the stretch of the season. But this Hurricanes team uh, has proven time and again to be resilient, to uh, to take things one game at a time, to take care of business when they need to take care of business. They did that Tuesday in Montreal, and now they're two points away from, or, well, four points away from punching their ticket to the postseason. Weren't you supposed to give the simple explanation for clinching? And now you've made more people clinch. Well, there's just, there. it's never 
simple enough. I tried to say that, just four points, and then yeah. you start going into the permutations of getting into second place. Well, it's I think it's important third. to consider. And then all of a sudden you have to throw the whammy out there of, well, that they, they could still, still miss. miss, yeah. Which, it's yes. It's still a possibility. All of those are possibilities. Yep. But let me boil this down. The greatest possibility is making the playoffs. Let me boil this down. Four points. Yep. In any combination for the Carolina Hurricanes, two wins, a win and a Montreal Canadiens loss, and the Carolina Hurricanes are in the postseason. Or the two Montreal Canadiens losses. Mm-hmm. The Hurricanes are in the postseason. Yep. And that could happen, too, because Montreal plays Washington and... Toronto. Yes, Toronto. The last team was escaping my mind. Who I am not a fan of, not that we're doing a preview of the postseason, but I am not a fan of that team right now being able to shake up the world and make it to the finals. I, I, I don't think they get out of the first round against Boston. Yeah, I don't either, which is which is interesting because they have it's, a lot of that's skill. That's great. It's the Canes cast. We'll get into yeah, it. It's... We'll, get into, we'll get into our take on that game coming up a little bit. Okay. Uh, you want to go with the rewind for what we saw since last we've talked to people? We've seen a lot. We saw two consecutive losses to the Washington Capitals. Let's go with the first game. Which, oh, well, I was just going to speed right past that. No, I'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll hit him quickly. I'll okay. be like you. I'm going to give you the simple explanation of the playoffs. Let's <laughs> take a deep ten dive. Ten minutes later. Three minutes into the first period, Michael. Let's pick it up there. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> no, we're uh. not. It was, it was not a well-played game by either team. No. This was the game in Washington. In Washington. 4-1 Hurricanes loss. It, it was not. But it was a game that was there for the Hurricanes on the road. Mm-hmm. 1-1 after 40 minutes. But that was a game where... And we've heard Rod Brindamore say this a ton. It's a game where the Carolina Hurricanes, they don't have enough to have a margin of error where they can take a period off. The Washington Capitals do have enough. And they didn't even play a great third period. It was just better than the Carolina Hurricanes. And they got big goals when they needed them. Now let's fast forward to Thursday. Both teams learned from that Tuesday game. Now I don't know if that was because it was a 3-4 and scenario or whatever. Both teams were sluggish on Tuesday. On Thursday, that was a high-caliber NHL game that we saw at PNC Arena between the Caps and the Hurricanes. But again, similar situation. Canes have an opportunity to win that game against Washington. But that, to me, was Washington kind of flexing their medal and saying, hey, you you know what, everybody? Or flexing their muscle, whichever you you want to use, showing their medal. We're still the defending Stanley Cup champions, and nobody's talking about us like we got a shot of winning this thing because of how good – Tampa's been mm-hmm. that third period that Washington put on this ice is another one of those games where you look at it and you're like okay I I know why they're the defending champs the way that they played like that just the third time this season that the Hurricanes have lost when leading after two periods and had a two one lead yep. heading into the third and then Caps found a way to win it and, yep. and look that's that's a good team and now this is where it's funny I'm glad that we've gotten a little bit away from that because then next up the Carolina Hurricanes take on the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers so where everybody was kind of panicking on oh, – the Canes lost to the Washington Capitals, a really good team. The Philadelphia Flyers come in here. The Flyers were playing for their lives. They still controlled their destiny to a point. Uh, when I say that, if they beat the Hurricanes, they would have to have somebody else win a game to eliminate them. Yeah. So the Flyers came in here with everything to play for. You don't want to lose and be eliminated. They had to win to keep their season. Yeah. Make somebody knock you out. Canes knocked him out. Yep. 5-2. Period. Knocked him out. Yep. Physically, emotionally. Yeah. Everything. Mentally. 
Everything. <laughs> Did you and say spiritually? No. Well, we'll throw that one in there, too. Maybe leave that one for this Saturday. Nah. <laughs> no. We're going to Philly. Trust me. Yeah. There is no God there. Oh. Santa, maybe. <laughs> no, they booed him, not. too. So... Uh, <laughs> I know. No, wait. I know. Wait. I know. It's it's so old to say that for Philly, but we've done it. Bryce Harper. No, I'm not going. He's there. close. No, <laughs> they paid more. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. All right. So, but but that game impressed me because you know why? The Carolina Hurricanes have only done one thing this year, Michael Smith. One thing we could say there there have been a lot of negatives, but they've only had one three game losing streak the entire season. That was back in October. Even as bad as December was record-wise, the Canes didn't lose three in a row. Regulation? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the big thing right now when we're talking about what this team has been able to do. They found a way to get points or they found a way to come back and get a win. Lose those two games against the Caps, come back with a dominant performance over the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm -hmm. After falling down, one nothing, and you're thinking, oh, oh, no. Yep. Nope. Canes came back, took over that game. And – we are starting to see Dougie Hamilton, Andrei Svechnikov find another gear. You usually worry about rookies. They've never played this many games. They're going to hit a wall. Andrei Svechnikov just keeps getting better mm-hmm. as the season's moved on. Yep. And you can make the case, and I would bring it to court for you, that Dougie Hamilton, since January 1st, has been the best offensive defenseman in the National Hockey League. And he's been pretty good in his own end, too. He's, he's really fashioned together an all-around complete second half of the season for the Carolina Hurricanes when they desperately needed it, Michael. So those are a few things that stand out to me for, for the Canes. Is there anything else from that Philly game that stands out to you? Oh, I, I, I just like the way that the Hurricanes parked uh, those two losses to Washington because you could have easily had, uh, I mean, I won't say the wheels come off, but knowing that that game uh, is happening and then looking ahead to, to Pittsburgh the very next night and even Toronto the uh, two nights later, like uh, the Hurricanes needed that victory, uh, just just looking at the schedule and, and knowing what was ahead. Uh, and they came out and they and they got exactly that. They they won a game that they were supposed to win. And that's been one of the big differences for this team uh, down the stretch here in this season is they're winning games that they're supposed to win. They're beating teams that they're supposed to beat. They're not letting those points, for the most part, go to waste. Because, yep. I mean, we the team did go to New Jersey and, and lose a month ago. Um, there were some other games we can point to that, that maybe that – let some points get away, especially earlier in the season when you look at games uh, against Detroit and, and Ottawa there in December. But down the stretch, this Hurricanes team is, has, has gotten points in games where they need to get points, and that was the case on Saturday, which uh, then made Sunday's loss to Pittsburgh, while it stung, it made it a little more palatable because you knew that the Hurricanes weren't going on a, a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. You knew uh, that they were still able to get some points, and while they weren't able to, to keep pace with Pittsburgh in uh, Sunday's loss, they're still right there in the mix uh, after Tuesday's victory and after Pittsburgh lost in Detroit. So yep. uh, Saturday's win was big uh, because the Hurricanes needed it. And really every every game down the stretch, you know, we've talked about it for, for weeks, has been big for this Hurricanes team. They know that each two points is, is incredibly vital. And so for the Hurricanes to park those two losses and get that victory on Saturday, I think, was was a big uh, – it was a big win for them, plain and simple. But Sunday's loss 
in Pittsburgh was a big loss. Yeah, it hurt. Not just on the scoreboard, but losing Calvin DeHaan yep. to an upper body injury. That's all we know. Rod Brindamore told us uh, yesterday, if you are listening on Wednesday. Tuesday. So I'll just say Rod Brindamore told us on Tuesday in Toronto that Calvin DeHaan will not be available this week. That means the rest of the regular season. And then on Wednesday, what did head coach Rod Brindamore tell us? He won't be back anytime soon. So Now, granted, that's that's all relative. Who knows what anytime soon means? So, like, when people ask us that, I just want to be clear here. They don't let me and the Webb's Michael Smith into the training room. They don't let us look at the x-rays. They don't give us the medical reports on mm-hmm how severe everything is. So when he says, when Rod Brindamore says he won't be back anytime soon, that means definitely the next two games. But what does it mean after that? I don't know. Because everything changes changes come playoff time, right? Like nobody thought Eric Cole was going to come back from a broken neck in 2006. Who knows what's going to happen with Calvin Don? Exactly. So it's, it's a tough loss, though. It is. And it's been a tough season for... Calvin DeHaan, who's almost been, literally almost been blinded twice. Yes. Like, and he wears a visor. Yes. And then he suffers this upper body injury uh, that, you know, by all accounts is going to keep him out for a bit. Yep. And then, and this coming off a season in which he had shoulder surgery last year to repair uh, his shoulder. And it's, it's just, it's tough because he's been really steady for the Hurricanes. He's, he's not flashy in any way, like a Dougie yeah. Hamilton or like a Justin Falk. He's just steady and reliable. Yep. And together with Trevor Van Riemsdyk, the pairs have have, have worked out really well for Rod Brindamore and his staff. And, and he's he, he brings a lot of balance to that defense. And, and, the, and losing him is, is obviously a big blow. And the, the great part about what having a Calvin DeHaan on the blue line does, you can put him anywhere. You could move him up yeah. on a top pair for a game or two or for a while if you really needed to. And as a penalty killer, yeah. he is solid. And now, this isn't an old-school defenseman, you know, puts you through the boards kind of guy. The game's not played like that. But I'm not kidding when I say this. I can't, I can't think of a game where I'm like, oh, wow, Calvin DeHaan had a, you know, or that was a, a rough game for, like what Michael just said, steady. He's got a steady performance. If he does make a, a an errant pass or a, a misplay, you wouldn't know it the next shift that's out there. Yeah. Because then he's out there making and he makes the, he makes the plays that don't get noticed. Yeah. I, you know, a simple a simple stick in the the passing lane to deflect a, a pass on a two on one. Right. Or he ties up a guy trying to get to the front of the net so he can't get to a rebound. He does all of those things, but. When somebody goes out with an injury, Michael, that means the door's open for somebody to walk through it and try to make an impression on the team. And the Carolina Hurricanes have that in Hayden Flurry right now. And they've had it all year. Now, here's a guy who played a majority of last season. And this year, uh, he is racking up the frequent flyer miles, going back and forth between the NHL and the AHL. But I actually like what the Hurricanes did this year. You know, you can talk about shouldn't you carry extra bodies, and I see the point of it. When you, you've got somebody who there's no point in sending them to the AHL, but having Hayden Flurry sit for 15, 16 games and just practice up here, no, you got to play. So I like how the Hurricanes handled Hayden Flurry. It's not good for Hayden Flurry. He'd rather be in the, NA, in the NHL. I think we all can agree on that. He, he would even tell us that. But to play 
and to play games and to play big minutes in games and to get points in games and have that and have that confidence. Every time he's come up, he's been ready to play for the Carolina Hurricanes in a situation where a defenseman wasn't ready to go. Yeah, I think he had racked up assists in four straight games before coming up here most recently. And if he would have been sitting around in the press box, he, you know, he he wouldn't have been uh, as in tune to be game ready uh, as he was on Tuesday in Toronto. And it's it's a next man up mentality and. He's no, you know, like you said, no stranger to to having played in the NHL, having played most of his rookie season in the NHL last year. Hasn't played as frequently up with the big club this year, but when he's been called upon has been good. And now it's it's not a no, he's not going to fill the the hole left by Calvin DeHaan. Yep. The best you can ask him to do is just do his job and do it well and just be reliable. And that together with the five other defensemen on the ice is hopefully going to create good things for the Hurricanes, and it worked out fine on Tuesday in Toronto. Anything else you wanted to add about Calvin DeHaan? I think I kind of went on the Hayden Fleury run there for uh, you. He brews very good beer. Yes, he does. Ridge Rock Brewing mm-hmm. in Carp. Yes. He's a good Carp lad. So and if it's you're, tasty beer. Yeah, if you're up there, that's good. You well, also got to sample the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, food's I did not. good there, I just, too. I just sampled the... Uh, the beverages. I guess to be clear, he doesn't personally brew the beer. No, he doesn't. There is a professional doing that. But he also has his dad, Bill DeHaan, mm-hmm. the Swiss Army knife. Doing doing everything there. Just about anything you ask. Uh, but the beverages, I've had a few, are tasty. Very tasty. If you are into the libations known as beer, you'll enjoy it. Just got to figure out how to get them across the border more frequently. We'll do that. We'll find a way. Yep. So, just saying. Yeah, we'll find a way. Uh, but uh, I like how what you were just talking about, Hayden Fleury has stepped up. The Carolina Hurricanes this year needed Lucas Walmark to step up when Jordan Stahl wasn't in the lineup. And while Lucas Walmark is not going to win any of the offensive trophies like the Art Ross or the Rocket Richard trophy, we do know that he stepped up when he had to but let's go to the game we saw Tuesday night in Toronto and the value of Jordan Stahl. He was unbelievable against John Tavares, Tavares, Tavers. I've, I've heard all three. I think he prefers, 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 it, prefers Tavares. He does. Yes. It was Tavares, mm-hmm. and then this year he's like, no, no, it's Tavares. And if you ask the people Toronto. on Long Island. They have a name that you thought I almost said earlier in the podcast. Something to that Yeah, effect. something to that along those lines. But John Tavares, who's going to or he's going to tickle 50 this year. He's tickling it. Yes, he is, as far as goals. Yeah, he tickles the score sheet more often than not when yeah. he plays the Hurricanes. But he didn't. In, well, he, he did last well, night. Well, I mean, but. On the power play. But, I mean, you noticed five on five how good Jordan Stahl yep. was against him. Yep. I mean, John Tavares is a guy who can go for four goals in a game. We've and he him. has. Yes, he has. But the Carolina Hurricanes, five on five, that's the, the strength of Jordan Stahl, what he brought into that game. And the Canes had a lot of things that went in their favor the other night in Toronto. Now, of course, the Leafs clinched the night before on Long mm-hmm. Island and had to fly in. I don't care. Still got to play the games. Yeah. They threw their backup goaltender, Garrett Sparks. I don't care. Still have to score goals. They probably wish they still had Curtis McLean. Yeah, they do. But you know what? They don't. So they don't. 
We the we do. I just said we, but the Carolina Hurricanes, the Royal We. Mm-hmm. Uh, we enjoy his play here in Carolina, so that works out well. But it was Peter Morazic in the Nets making big saves when he needed to. Huge momentum shift in that game when the Hurricanes challenged the first goal of the game that Toronto scored for being offside, and it was. And that could have been, that could have been a turning point in the game in the other direction because the Hurricanes had dominated play in the first yep. ten minutes. And this I was right around the 15-minute mark of the first period. Just a, a sort of a weird play at the blue line, and then the Maple Leafs have that two-on-one, and Matthews over to Nylander, and he didn't even have to be offside. He's fast enough to where he could have still been in position to, to receive a pass, and he was a good full step offside. Easy review for Chris Huffine and LJ Scarpace to radio to Rod Brindamore and the coaching staff at the bench. Hey, you guys should probably take a look at that. And one of the quickest re- video reviews I think we've seen all year, they yeah. took one look at it and were like, oh, yeah, offside. Offside. Uh, by the way, John Tavares in that game last night does have the power play goal, but he was a dash two and only had three shots on goal. Austin Matthews also kind of missing off the score sheet. He was a minus one and had two shots on goal for the game. So I think uh, the Hurricanes definitely caught the Maple Leafs at a good time coming off that We'll call it an emotional win on Long Island because oh, they, the pl- they clinched the playoffs. Yeah, they clinched the playoffs. Tavares gets the the game winning goal. Um, that's an emotional victory, and then you have to come back and play a desperate team in the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes were desperate to get in the win column after the loss in Pittsburgh on on Sunday, uh, and the Hurricanes just uh, were able to uh, get big goals when they needed him. They got that the reversal off the video review, and then Justin Williams, a, a simple pinball uh, move off Garrett Sparks. Dougie Hamilton, very similarly, pinball off Garrett Sparks, and they have a 2 nothing lead. You start to see Toronto push back a little bit, and Tavares gets the power play goal late in the second period. Still continue to push a bit. I thought they carried some of that momentum into the third period, and, and Carolina was sort of chasing a little bit, I thought, early in the third period. And then you get that solid shift from the first line of Sebastian Ajo, Justin Williams, and Nino Niederreiter rolling around in the offensive zone. Ajo goes for the line change. Jordan Stahl sprints into the zone. Niederreiter puts it right on his tape, and he buries the shot. Huge, huge, huge goal for the Hurricanes in a huge game. That gave him that two-goal cushion, allowed him to breathe a little bit, uh, and they, they go on to, to win the game 4-1. Well, it for me was... All the earmarks of a game of what we've seen this year from the Carolina Hurricanes when they needed it, where they've bounced back, where they've been resilient. Justin Williams with his 23rd, as you mentioned, and it was just a a simple one-handed throw to the front of the net. He told me, he was the first intermission interview, he told me, he goes, I'm just trying to put the puck to the front of the net because I'm not thinking of anything else other than that. And it goes in, but you make those breaks. And then the Dougie Hamilton goal. That makes it two to nothing. Now you you have a little bit of a cushion, and maybe just maybe that breaks Toronto a touch because they did play the night before. Now they're down two goals, but then Tavares scores on the power play, but the Canes come right back in the the third period and get that huge goal from Jordan Stahl, and then uh, the empty netter from Dougie Hamilton, the Toronto native, getting two goals. By the way, he's on the video board for the the open for when the Leafs take the ice. Yep. Dougie Hamilton is a child is on their their video, which is kind of funny. Yeah. His hair is uh, kind of the same. Yeah, kind of red, kind of flowing. <laughs> yeah, still well. It's gorgeous. Canadian. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, lot of business up front and parties in the back in that in that country. If I could, I would. Maybe you could. Well, you could definitely grow the I back. 
You definitely and, do business and up you front. Got, and you, got the, you don't have to worry about the business it's up front. It's just all business there. everywhere, unfortunately, uh, if there's even any business at all. Well, I, I kind of made a deal with uh, Bob McGinn, dad to Brock McGinn, that because uh, I cannot grow a beard like you can. You're very fully capable of going Grizzly Adams when need be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. It just takes forever. And plus people go, oh, are you going to grow a beard? Are you going to grow a beard? I don't need an okay from Fox to grow a beard or from the Carolina Hurricanes. Remember, Michael and I are both employees of the Carolina Hurricanes, and um, the broadcast crew kind of is, is loaned out to Fox for the season. That's how, how it works for us. Uh, if I said, hey, I want to grow a beard for the playoffs, I think that they would sign off on it. they think it would be awesome. You wouldn't know. Like the Canes would have to make the Stanley Cup finals to know that I am trying to grow a beard. You zoom in really far in high definition and as maybe my, see some As my dad sprouts. would tell me, he'd be like, you got dirt on your face. How can you go on TV with dirt on your face? <laughs> well, I'm trying to grow a beard. So I'll grow one. What I told Bob again is I would grow my hair out to, you know. To see how far it could go. No, not for, it. It's, oh. it'll get cut once something okay. happens. You don't want to rock a, like a. Full. Oh, I my hair just it's it's a jungle. It expands. Sorry, Michael. Sort of like yeah. <laughs> I wish I had that problem. <laughs> I I I'm not condemning it. I'm just saying it just grow, but it like grows out. It doesn't like grow long. Sort of like Justin out. Williams. It just sort of yeah grows, grows everywhere. Yeah. And then he solves it by just putting a hood on. Yeah, he looked very much like Obi Wan Kenobi today. He did in our media availability with the Canes captain. But I, I'm just driving to the point of I said I'd let my hair grow until something happens. So I would be very happy if the Canes do clinch against the New Jersey Devils. With an eye. Then I can go and get a haircut. Oh. Yes. That's good. Yeah. So there you have it. it. If anybody wants to give uh, TV's Mike Meniscalco a haircut. No, I have somebody who can. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I was going to. No offense. I I appreciate the offer there, Michael. It's not like I can't find somebody to cut my hair. And if anybody wants to donate me some hair. Do you want my hair after I get it cut? uh, I'm gray, buddy. You don't want this. Well, if it matches, I don't think it's gonna. You're blonde. <laughs> I, I have at best. <laughs> I have brown hair and it's going gray. Yeah. Salt and pepper's in. Right? That's what they tell me. Yeah. Distinguished goes back to me being wise and zen. There you go. Yeah, something like that. Uh, speaking of the Carolina Hurricanes and that performance they had against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, there was a guy, and I I really love the performance of Jordan Stahl. When you consider all he's been through, not this year. All Jordan Stahl has been through. He's one of the ultimate professionals in the National Hockey League and one of the nicest guys out there, too. Jordan, that uh, goal the other night to make it 3-1, I know you've scored some big goals in your career, but where's that one of that feeling, especially in Toronto, with, with how big that game was for you guys going into it? Yeah, it was, uh, um, it was a good feeling, obviously. Um, you know, I think as a group, uh, we knew we needed to get the next one. And, um, um, you know, I was fortunate enough. It was, it was it was my time to get one there, and um, but it could have been anyone. And um, as a group, we were happy with uh, um, the way that third period went, and, and that's what we wanted to do. What's been the mood in the locker room just down the stretch of the season, knowing that you guys are playing actual meaningful games here uh, in March and April uh, as we look towards Game 82? Yeah, there's. Um it's it's been awesome. I mean, it's it's, it's where you want to be. It's it's what you want to be doing. Is, is playing meaningful games and, um, and obviously uh, there's pressure and, and all that stuff. But uh, um, that's where you that's what you want. And um, you know, as a as a player, you always want to push uh, to be in the playoffs and then and go for that ultimate goal as a group. And um, there's no better feeling to do it with a with a 
great bunch of guys, as you uh, as you guys know. We've got a good group here, and it's been a lot of fun. And um, you know, it's it's been all good things. Coming back off of the injury you had, I, I don't know if this is a medical term we can go with here, but is it made a little bit easier because of this group that you have and being in that room and how much fun it is where, you know, it's, it's positive in that room instead of thinking, oh, man, we got to, you know, trudge through this or find a way. It's, it seems like it's been fun. They've embraced the pressure right now down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want. I, I don't think um, um, weighing yourself down and, um, and um, you know, making it uh, harder on yourself um, – is going to help and um, as a group I think uh, with the leadership with Willie and, and, and different guys uh, they've kept the room light and uh, um, you know kept the room focused on uh, the day-to-day stuff that we need to do and um, you know it's been it's been good. You've been you're one of the leaders of this team and you've been in this situation before is the most important thing down the stretch don't change don't start acting different don't acknowledge things just do what we've been doing you know it's like game 20 we just got to keep doing that. Absolutely it's um, I mean you say it at after game one, it's always uh, it's always the same cliche, but it is it is what it is, and um, and that's just the day to day, and um, um, focus on the next the next shift, even when you're in the games, and um, and you know whatever happens, you keep moving forward and um, focusing on those things, and uh, um, that's what we got to do. How has Rod Brindamore led this team as head coach? I mean, you you played under him as an assistant coach for a number of years, but as a head coach, how has he been to play for? Uh, he's been uh, he's been amazing. I, I think he's had a great year as a coach. I think uh, obviously it's easy to respect uh, what he does um, and what he's done, and um, so that that makes it easy for the guys. And um, um, he demands the work ethic every night. And um, you know, as a group, I think you saw throughout the season uh, everyone's coming to play. And, um, and the odd night when it doesn't happen, he's going to let you know. And, what, and that's what you want. You want to know where you stand uh, as a player and and what you expect. And he's kept it clear uh, throughout the room, especially with different roles. Um, you know what he wants from each player every night uh, to help us win. And it's uh, the clarity and, and and the work ethic that's really kind of uh, you know pushed this team to another level. He makes it pretty clear what your role is, though, on the ice. It's been pretty much your role every minute in the NHL, but you got to go up against Tavares or Matthews or, or Taylor Hall. How much do you love that stuff? Are you like, you know, Rod, you can give somebody another shift sometime against these guys. I'll, I'll take a, I'll take one off. Or how much do you relish that? Um, yeah, no, it's it's all good stuff. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's like I said, what you want to do as a player and um, um, to be the best and, and, and play against the best and um, to make sure that uh, you're at your best every night um, is, a, is a great challenge and um, it's something that I look forward to every night. You've got 70-some uh, playoff games under your belt. Justin Williams has 120, I think it is. But you've got a number of young players in that room who have, who have never seen a playoff game. What is it going to be like, should this team make the playoffs, and just showing them what it takes to compete at that time of year? Yeah, it um, you know surprisingly enough, it, it, it bumps up to even another level, and um, you know I think uh, as a group, um, you know you don't want to go in uh, that first game just to get your toe, dip your toe in the water, and you have to jump in and, and make a splash. And um, you know it's uh, it's fun, it's exciting, it's it's got great atmosphere every night, and um, and then there must win. So it's um, it's where you want to be as a player. I'm sure every player, maybe they're not in the NHL, have made playoffs, but they've been in those situations before and they know what to do. And um, I think um, it's uh, you know if we pull it off here, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. I know you're hungry to get back in the in the mix in the in the dance. Uh, the room in there is hungry. Can you feel it in the stands too? The fans here, that hunger for for postseason hockey. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we've heard a chance, and um, you know, we've felt it in uh, in the building. It's got a, a great buzz to it. Um, it's been fun playing at home here and in, in front of the fans, and um, it's been good, uh, um, especially here in Raleigh and um, with uh, throughout the year and all all the extra stuff that's come along with it. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, and I hope the fans uh, enjoy it as well. Michael and I have dealt with three of the, the Stahl brothers at some point at the NHL level uh, and, and Mark to a lesser extent. So if I was to ask you, Jordan, at this time of year, which of the Stahl brothers is the best at giving the cliches and deflecting any big answers? Which one of the brothers is the best at, at giving those answers to us here in the media? Oh, I'm probably the best. I don't know. They're all pretty good at it. Um, you know, it's... It's how we survive around you guys uh, throughout the years. Uh, we've been around for a while, so you got to uh, you got to find a ways to get a, um, bounce around questions, and uh, I think we all do a great job of it. Do you, when you hear one from either Eric or Mark, do you just text them right away? Go, come, you can give a better answer than that. I just avoid all the, watching all that stuff. Uh, I just watch the highlights. And that's about it. Uh, one more thing: growing up in Thunder Bay and you know winning that game in Toronto. Do you still get that electricity in those moments and looking ahead to what's going on here? That electricity that'll be in this building if and, and when that that extra game past 82 comes here in this building. Yeah, um, you know those like I said, those are the moments you want to play. And um, you know, as a kid growing up, uh, you want to be in those big moments and you dream about those moments. So. Um, um, you try not to think about it as much uh, when you're in the moment. Um, you're trying to just stay with the, the small little things that's going on around you. But uh, um, you know, when something big like that happens, obviously it feels uh, feels great, and um, you know, want to uh, continue to build on that. He's a big man, both physically and just in the way, just in what he means to the hockey club. He's he means a lot to the hockey club as uh, one of the alternate captains. One of the co-captains last year, he leads uh, the leadership of him and, and Justin Williams, I think, differs a bit. Uh, Williams is a more vocal uh, presence, I think. But the way Jordan Stahl carries himself, yeah. um, competes on a nightly basis. Uh, and you saw what he went through last year and um, and the way he handled everything amidst that tragedy. I mean, that's he, he is one of the ultimate professionals. Uh, means a lot to this hockey club. Uh, so a big man, both both physically and, and just in, in, in what he means to this team. Yeah, he is the big man. So he's outstanding to be around. Uh, he is a great guy to have in the locker room. I like what you said. Different leadership skills between he and Justin Williams. Uh, in fact, I think Jordan Stahl said it today that Justin Williams always seems to know how to say the right thing at the right time. Uh, that's not Jordan Stahl's DNA. Jordan Stahl's DNA is to go out, put in the work. I'm going to do everything that's asked of me, and that's how I, I lead the team. Mm -hmm. And he does that as well. And, man, sometimes he's got a sneaky good sense of humor. It's hard for he, – he doesn't let it out all the time, but sneaky good. Yeah. So We tried to break him. Some I tried. Cliches. I tried. He was – he almost, I think he was going to give it to yeah, me, too. Was, I think he was going to say it was him. And then he went, oh, well, I'm, we're all good. Yeah, see, he went back to the cliche. Yeah, I know. Stayed true to his form. As well, look, as well he should. I don't blame him for doing all of that. No. Just putting that out there. Speaking of. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Well, you're going to have to start. Well, I will obviously. start. Uh, and it, it goes down a, a road that. I don't know if you want to travel down this, but a lot has been made of Adam Fox, the Carolina Hurricanes player who 
is in college at Harvard, who they acquired in the Dougie Hamilton-Michael Ferlin deal. They got the rights to the Harvard defenseman Adam Fox in exchange for Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm, who both have had very good seasons with the Calgary Flames this year out in the Western Conference. And as a matter of fact, congratulations to those men and the doctor, Derek Ryan, for uh, clinching the Western Conference. Good for them. Good on them. And to former Canes coach Bill Peters for getting that job done. All right, that's behind us. The, as we've already heard from Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. Adam Fox, if he does not sign with the Carolina Hurricanes, and all the intentions are, he is going to go back to Harvard for a senior season. The Hurricanes will find a partner to trade his rights to, and he will sign with them. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to send it back. I think. Um, I'm not sure what the Hurricanes would be able to get for Fox. You know, knowing that. He could return for his senior season at Harvard uh, and then sign with with any team he chooses. So I'm not sure what return there is, what leverage the Hurricanes have. So I'm going to send that back. Well, that's fine. Uh, What it does come down to for me is, and this is a story that's got a lot of nuance to it, and whatever side you want to take, you want to go with it. This is a, a player who has said that he wanted to get into the NHL as soon as possible, but I'm sure that he has looked at the Carolina Hurricanes depth chart and understands that maybe he's not in the top six. Maybe he's not going to play in the NHL right away. Uh, and Pierre Lebrun has put out uh, on Twitter, the outstanding hockey writer, that uh, Adam Fox, if the Canes are trying to trade him, that the Canes have been informed by the NHL that Adam Fox isn't likely to sign with them, the trade would be the desired route, and the NHL has said you cannot, as the Hurricanes, sign Adam Fox and then trade him, which that's dumb, but I guess you can't because the NHL would void any sign-and-trade scenario that occurs before the offseason. So the problem with that, and much like Michael Smith explaining the very simple Canes clinching scenario for the playoffs, the problem with this is Adam Fox needs to sign before the regular season is over to burn the first year of his entry-level contract. That's what he's trying to do. That's what he wants to do. So that's why the loophole now comes in that if the if the Canes sign him and then trade him, well, that would burn off that year to whoever they trade him to. But it would also make him much more attractive as a trade candidate. The Canes could get more in return if they could do that. The NHL saying, no, we're going to avoid that. We're not going to let that happen because now that's a different loophole that we don't want to see people and agents and players and teams jump through. That really restricts the Carolina Hurricanes to what they want to do because if they trade the rights to Adam Fox, Adam Fox will still have the exact same amount of time left on his entry level, meaning it doesn't start this season, it starts next season, so that becomes in. But if there's a team that wants him desperate enough, they'll trade for the rights, and we, we've heard the names that are out there. Everybody has circulated them. I'm not going to get into the, the pool with that. This might not be popular on the Canes cast, but at the same time, Michael... I can see why a college player who knows that a lot of teams are interested in his services, who's made it this far in his college career, would play his senior year and then become an unrestricted free agent at the end of it. Because you get a much bigger payday as that unrestricted free agent than you do signing your entry-level contract. He saw what Jimmy Vesey did. Yeah. 
And he's going to do that. Yeah. Or wants to do that, apparently. I mean, Will Butcher did it as well. So the New I, Jersey Devils. I mean, this is it's not it's not like he's the first one doing this. This path has been laid out for him. Yeah. And look, if that's what happens, that's what happens. But if you're going to trade the rights, you're not going to get much for it. No. I mean, I I, I don't even want to speculate. But you're not getting you're definitely not getting a first round pick, and you're not getting a second round pick. I, that's I was going to say. Lucky you'd be lucky to get a third round pick. Yep. But at this point. Uh, it's it ultimately lies with him and and where he wants to play. If he if he wanted to play for the the Hurricanes, he would have signed. He would have signed. Uh, and that's and I, and he he still could sign. Yeah, he still could. But ultimately, uh, indications are that he that he might not. Yeah, and that's fine. You move on, and again, not the end of the world. The Carolina Hurricanes, again, as you look at the depth chart, everybody. Who is on defense right now, or their top six when Calvin DeHaan is healthy, all under contract for next year. Yep. So nothing to worry about. And here's a player who wants to play in the NHL as soon as possible, but would probably be best served playing in the AHL. Some in the AHL. Oh yeah. I, I especially as a defenseman. Look at what Justin Falk did coming out of uh, the University of Minnesota Duluth after winning the national yep. championship. Played, got to play some playoff games with Charlotte yep. down the stretch. And then was better for it coming into his next season. Every report that's come out of Charlotte this year about Jake Bean is how he's gotten better playing against the AHL competition. Defense in particular, I, I think there's nothing wrong with spending a season and there's just, in the AHL. There's so much difference between college hockey and professional hockey. College and juniors, Michael. Yes. I mean, you're going up against – You know, that's why I always love – there are certain home run players. We get that. We know that. You know, Rasmus Dahlin at 18 has stepped into the NHL and played defense. Uh, Aaron Ekblad did it. Those guys are the exception. Noah Hannafin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're exceptions. Those those aren't the rules. Yeah. And some people would even tell you that they still, as good as they were their rookie year or how they survived it, they would have been better off, better served playing a year of AHL hockey because – you go from playing against 18, 19-year-olds. Of course, in Europe, what do you do when you play in Europe? Men. Thank you. Well, you play against men. Exactly. Let's clarify that. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah. You are the Webb's Michael Smith. So. And this is a family-friendly podcast well, again. Despite the <laughs> fact. Most of the time. Exactly. Despite the, what you're thinking so far today. But that's one of those instances where you are better off playing to find out what it's like to play against a 23, 24, 25-year-old or a 30-year-old if you get that opportunity. Because I always love that. This was a guy who, I mean, he was 17. He was playing against 17-year-olds. He was playing against 18-year-olds. So we'll see. And whatever happens, happens. Uh, there's enough filibustering. Did you come up with a like it, keep it? Or do we need to just go to questions from the the people? Power to the people. Uh. I mean, here's a here's a low hanging fruit. I'll take say. it. The Hurricanes will clinch a playoff berth on Thursday. You're you're telling me that because now I have to. Now you have to choose. Well, I've got to say that the Caps are going to beat Montreal. Yeah, I, I I think because the Caps are still motivated to win the division, they probably beat Montreal. The Hurricanes obviously motivated to keep winning games. I'm taking my own uh my own uh question. I guess it's not really a question. 
taking my own proposition. Yeah. Oh, you're taking it. Yeah, I thought you were going to add more to I'm it. I'm taking it and leaving. I thought I just I thought you just went win in Rome. Nope, I'm like, yes, I just go left. on. <laughs> I just left. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. I think that the Caps will handle Montreal and the Canes will beat New Jersey. And hopefully by the time I am interviewing the first star on the bench, we will know that the Carolina well, Hurricanes have clinched. And that's the uh that that'll be the interesting thing of it all is that the the Caps and, and Canadians face off at the same time the Hurricanes and Devils do. So uh, it's going to be basically neck and neck. One game might end uh, before the other. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. All right. Well, speaking of interesting, we've got some questions to get to, Michael Smith. Okay. If you're ready. This one from Will Bradshaw. Might be better for Kane's cast, but is it good pressure or bad pressure to have the us versus everyone mentality like – the bunch of jerks or Vegas's island of misfits mentality from last year. All right. I can separate bunch of jerks from the island of misfits for Vegas because you know what Vegas could do? They could literally do this every night they went into a building or played against a team. All that they had to do, anybody had to bring up to this point, or Gerard Gallant, the head coach, had to go, hey, you know the team over there? They didn't want you. Yep. And that is us versus them. Bunch of jerks isn't us versus them. This has not been the Hurricanes against the world. Uh, I know that people like to get into the, it's, oh, everybody's out to get us. As I've said it before, there are people in Toronto. First goal gets waved off last night. Do you know what I heard from Toronto fans? Oh, of course they're going to wave off our goal. Well, one, it was offside, so yeah, it they was. have to. Very but clearly. They, the league doesn't want it. They, folks, everybody believes the leagues are out to get them. But the Hurricanes have said it. And it was asked a lot. God, I think every reporter in Toronto asked it Tuesday morning. Mm. Is it uh, is it you against the world? And everybody who answered it said, no, no, it's, that's not our mentality. That's not what we have. We're just a, a group of guys that really has fun playing hockey together. It's it's not the Canes against the world, and that's not their mentality. So uh, I that's what I've gathered from this team. Maybe you've seen a different end of it, but I have not once heard them say it's us against the world, at least in public. No, uh, behind a closed door, who knows? But they have never done the yeah, it's us against the world. The bunch of jerks things came because they were having fun, and some old guys were railing against them, yeah, yelling I, at clouds. I think what I've taken away is just that all the cliches that you hear from teams, uh, how they play for each other, how they're a close-knit group in the room, those are often overused, I think. But in this case, it's 100% true. Yeah. Uh, that's That's been my big takeaway is everything that, that teams say they have to do in order to get back into the race, if you were in the, the position that the Hurricanes were in late December, the Hurricanes actually went out and did them because yep. they 100% believed them. Yep. And, and that, to me, I think uh, is the difference in the team this year versus – previous years all right this comes in from jonathan or at lucas 8429 meant to ask this before the last bruins game but in honoring their heritage do you foresee the canes raising a whalers banner in pnc arena next season no neither do i (laughs) neither do i it's i mean i guess he refers to jersey numbers because they didn't win really anything other than no they had uh and they had, what, one Adams division title. Yeah, it's not um, going to happen. The only thing I could see them doing along those lines um, would be putting Gordie Howe's number nine in the rafters because this is the organization that has the the tie to it. But 
and this is a shout out to Skip Cunningham, the only equipment manager this franchise has known from its WHA days. As long as Skip is here, no one will ever wear the number nine for the Carolina Hurricanes, and I think that that's going to be one of those unsaid, unspoken, uh, retired numbers that the Carolina Hurricanes, while they'll never raise a banner uh, for Gordie Howe here, they'll never give out that number. And it's just how it is. Now, there are retired numbers there, and I know that certain people in Boston go crazy that a Carolina Hurricanes player wears number 19. How dare he? Uh, by the way, the way that Dougie Hamilton has been playing this year, I think it's better than any Pie McKenzie uh, season that he had offensively. I could be wrong. You might want to look that one up for me. Uh, our, our fact checkers will check it and All get right. back I'll, to us. I'll, I'm going to go put them on that one. I don't, I don't care that much. All right, you don't? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Neither <laughs> do I. All right, moving on. Josh Holdner hanging on. 83 episodes of the Canes cast, and he's had a question, and I think 80 of them. It's also you could have done this with a, if you like it, keep it. I don't think this is a like it, keep it. We'll just put it as a question. The storm surge will return next season. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say no, but I don't know because I think that was something that was special to this team. And at that point, you can tell me. Oh, lights out. That's fine. We're we're doing a podcast. Unless you have a video camera in here somewhere the video that you never tell me about. Well, the people watching the video portion of the podcast. You keep saying this. Where's the video camera? It's a secret. Oh, fine. You know, I actually had somebody come up to me and go, where's the secret video camera? <laughs> it's for, uh, well, it's a secret. Thank you. Thanks. But the lights are out. It is completely dark in here. Thanks. Thank it's you. like we're doing this in olden times yep. where we're only lit by the screen of a laptop. Oh, no, we are. <laughs> uh, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I I would hope to see it return. Uh, I had 29 goals, so good for Pi McKenzie. I would hope to see it return uh, next year, but I think it would be the decision of um, of whoever the captain of the team is, whether okay. that's Justin Williams if he comes back. For another season, I think he's got a season left in him, but ultimately that's going to be a decision that he makes. Um, or whoever uh, is the captain of this team next year, I think that decision is probably going to ultimately rest with them. But I think they've seen, you know, just how well it's resonated with the fan base this year. So, yeah, I, you know, hopefully it returns. Yeah, well, I mean, it would be great, but... We'll see. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to say yes, because I do think that this was a thing for this year's team. I'm looking forward to what maybe next year's team would do. So we'll go from there. But thank you, Josh. Good question. Uh, this from Michael Hardison, and it keeps. Uh, this is going to run down a few things that we've talked about, Michael. So we'll go back to it. So thank you for the question. With Dahan possibly out for a bit, any chance we could get Fox signed and put him on the team, or should we go with Flurry and Bean? Uh, there's a couple of more that can add on to this one, so that's why I will go with it, Mike. Even though we've already addressed it. Uh, this comes in from Marcus Zhang. What do you think with the situation of Adam Fox and Harvard? Do you think Don Waddell will sign him or trade him for a first-round pick? We've kind of talked about that as well. So, that being said, it looks like Adam Fox is going back to Harvard. So, no, the Canes are not going to sign him. He will not be part of the playoff run. And besides, would you want to sign a guy who's played college hockey all year and you throw him into this and put him into the playoffs? Nope. No, I'm not comfortable doing that. Nope. When you have Hayden Flurry, when you have Jake Bean, when you have other guys who played down in the AHL level this year who know the system, know what you want to get done, 
that just comes through. Uh, this one comes in. I should have asked this one, uh, Sam, for Kane's 20 after the storm surge question. Do you think EA Sports, which Michael Smith and EA Sports are best friends now, yeah, should include pass. should include the storm surge in the next NHL game? Yes, I do. I yeah. do think that. Yeah. But the tough thing is you you can't pick all of them. You'd only have like a few to to pick from. And you can't do the Holyfield one because that would be rights. You should be able to design your own. Uh, Make it happen, EA Sports. But fix the font first. Wow. <laughs> Still on that one, huh? I don't know if they fixed it. I don't play Still the game anymore. Still on that one. All right. I've got one from Matthew Herman. Go for it. I don't know if you've come across this I one. I did come across <clears throat> it, but you can read it. Regardless of the outcome, how important will this postseason experience be for this young team next year? Very important, I think. Um, I, I, I do think that... Regardless of – now, this assumes that the Hurricanes do make the postseason. I think we're in agreement that that's you know, more than likely going to happen. I think uh, no matter what happens once the Hurricanes get to the yep. postseason, whether they play a round, whether they play three rounds. Whether they play four games or whether they play 28. 28 would be a seven-game series all the way through to the Stanley Cup. I think Finals. it's immensely important just to show – some of these guys, guys like Justin Falk, guys like Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, who haven't experienced playoff hockey in their careers, to show for Jordan Stahl to get back to that point where he hasn't been in, in what, six or seven seasons. Yep. It's it's going to be immensely important so that just so that this team knows what it takes, what it's going to take for a full 82-game season to get there again the next year. And then once they get there, what it's going to take to get even further. Uh, that's, that's what I think is, is most important. The, you, the, you, can't, you can talk about it all you want, but there's, there's nothing like experiencing it. And this league is going to take another step once it gets to the playoffs, and the Hurricanes are going to have to figure it out. And I think that experience is going to be vitally, vitally important for this team. There is no teacher like experience. Yep. And I want these guys to get a taste. You need to have a taste to know what it's all about, to know what you're missing. We, you know, we talk about that all the time. That's what this Carolina Hurricanes team is missing. Now, there are a couple of guys who have gone full in on it and know all about it. As you mentioned to Jordan Stahl, what he's played over 70 playoff games. Justin Williams has played like 10,000 playoff games. It feels like that's the important thing. But it's for me, it's great. One more question. I'll let you uh, you read this one. Yes. Mind you, now this is from two days ago, Michael. So it tells you the mood swings of. It's from Jason Bennett. Do you think that the Canes are in trouble for the playoffs? They have played well, but have not received the results they deserve. Also, if they make it, will you two join in with the playoff breads? What are playoff breads? I almost, I almost actually read it as beards, which, of course, is what I'm assuming Jason Bennett yes, means. Yes, he, he means beards. But uh, for those, I would of like us, to see what playoff breads are. For those of us who have never made a typo or had autocorrect change something for you, like that happened to me last was, night. <laughs> yeah, uh, that Jordan Stahl, I said, rips it in, and it uh, changed to tip. And I'm like, hey, that'd be the greatest tip in the history of hockey from above the uh, face-off dots. Really good. Yeah. Well, he's skilled. And I, at that velocity, too. He's skilled, if anybody can do that. Now, Jason, I would like to think that playoff breads are wonderful. And yeah. I would be for sampling all of them. Sourdough. Sourdough. Oh, same page, yes. Michael Smith. High, high five. High five. My wife. My wife. Um, Zach. Got it in. Well, you, right I knew you would buzzer. right there. But sourdough or, you know, the crust is just like a little 
crusty, like, you know, crunchy. Yeah. And then, like, that soft metal in the middle, and then you put the... Oh. Does a biscuit count as a playoff bread? In our world, it could. Okay. Why not? It's our world. I love biscuits. Somebody will yell at it. I love biscuits, too. Yeah. Normally, we disagree on food, but... No, biscuits are delicious. Right there. How are you on rye bread? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. In the right situation. Like a, a smoked meat sandwich on rye? Yeah. 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 In the By right the way, situation. What a disappointment in Toronto. We'll get to that, uh, and we'll, we'll tell Bill Berniston to move along when we get to that point. Oh. But uh, I, I think we've already covered the playoff breads slash beards, the whole Pam Panned thing here. Yeah, I think I can help you out with the Pan Pan situation. Uh, I cannot, but Michael Smith could if he wants to. Yeah. You got And the Hurricanes are just fine for the playoffs. You going to go beard? Yeah, I'll go beard. I got to shave... Uh, at least you right know, before once more before yeah. yeah i think you have to i think you have to start clean yeah that's my thing that's, it's that's sort of like why. it's sort of like movember I, I i if i were to approach movember again i haven't done it in a few years but if i approached it again i think the right way to go about it is to to just go clean and halloween grow shave as you it go. off yeah. and then go from there yep but um if i think uh jason answer your question the webs michael smith and i would definitely participate in any playoff bread that's out there. Maybe he's meaning money too. Yeah, you just Definitely let us know. That. Uh, in beards, I would like to. I cannot. Uh, that's that. All right, Mr. Smith. We have a few things left to clear up here on the Canes Cast, but one of them is from Toronto, where something shameful happened for lunch. As we were trying to get to the House of Corn Beef in Toronto, you looked up the website. Website right still around exists. The, right around the the corner from our uh, hotel. The website still exists. The restaurant still exists. It just, well, the building's still there. The restaurant does not. It just doesn't exist. Well, the restaurant exists, just not where we wanted it to exist. Yeah. Well. This was, is a little tease. We're getting a little preview of some on-ice projection here. For well, the, I have the best office in the building. Yeah. We so, won't give anything away. I don't think anything is... Uh, yeah. We're just looking at the on-ice projection. Yeah. Looks good. Good. You guys are in for a treat. You will enjoy it all, folks. Make sure you get your... Uh, Tickets, by the way, Stanley Cup playoff tickets are now available. Very limited number uh, have, uh, are still available. So get them while you can. Yep. Just a public well, service again, announcement. Again, you keep. I, I keep thinking you have more to add here today. Nope, that's it. All Just right, get well, them while fine. you can. Just a a PSA for the folks. If Thank you don't you. already have your tickets, get them because it's going to be fun. And another PSA: use your words. Well, I did. I used exactly well, I how many I had. People don't like to be touched. I'm just going to go with use your words. Oh. Okay. <laughs> your words are measured. Noted. <laughs> Thank you. Just throwing that out there. I think there. it's time to get out of here. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I, yep. I'll tell you what, after my first five minutes, it might have been time for me to get out of here. we got to find the lights. No, it's we're really good. dark in here. No, here's the best part. Ready? I'm about to click on the lights in my office. Gonna... Ready? Yep. Hear that? Yep. Did the lights come on? Nope. Yeah, I don't have lights in my office. Oh, <laughs> well. So when this building goes dark, <laughs> I am in trouble. <laughs> At least the stairways are lit so you can find your way. Yes. Yes. Anything else, Michael Smith? Nope. You sure? Yep. All right. I like that. It's we'll good... talk to you guys next week with it's episode good... 84 of Kane's Cast. <laughs> For the webs, Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Beniscalco. We'll talk to you next Monday, promise. Yeah, Monday. Right before the playoffs. Bye-bye. Thank you.